This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the Forensic Files on your radio dial. My name is Scott, and have we got a great show for you tonight? No, we don't. Damn it. The phone is ringing again. It's the request line. All right, let's pick it up. WRNRA, East of the Rockies. Hey, Breather, what's going on, man? You don't like all the overly satanic, sacrilegious, and violently gory Halloween decorations in your neighborhood? Yeah, I guess like everything else these days, Halloween has gotten more and more extreme. What do you mean if you wanted to experience living hell, you'd just listen to our shitty podcast? Listen! You called the request line. Is there a song you'd like us to perform an autopsy on? (laughs) Nuns Have No Fun by Merciful Fate? You got it. All right, buckle up, gang. The subject of our rock and roll autopsy tonight will be Nuns Have No Fun by influential occult metal pioneers, Merciful Fate. We'll get the show started after these very important messages from our sponsors. What's up, music nerds? Are you tired of wading through a sea of mediocre music, desperately seeking to find a glimmer of greatness? You're in luck. My name is Mark, and I am the host of the podcast, Songs That Don't Suck. Each week, I scour the depths of new music playlists to unearth hidden gems that defy the trends and deliver pure sonic bliss. No matter the genre, if it doesn't suck, it's on my radar. So find us on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. And as always, keep searching for and listening to Songs That Don't Suck. Breaking news! What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right, gang, we've got our intrepid rock and roll beat reporter on the line, Rico motherfucking Gnu. How the fuck are you? I'm a motherfucker, man. That's how I am. How are you? Not too shabby, but I am jonesing for some rock and roll news. All right, so um, in in light of... In light of uh, the band that we're going to be talking about tonight, I I, uh, I saw this from our good friends at Loud. This actually is on Loudwire. Um, Scott, let me ask you um, about. Let me ask you this question. So, is it possible? And we're going to talk specifically Halloween decorations. We're not just going to talk art in general. 
um, because there is no limits in my opinion. But with Halloween decorations in a neighborhoody type of a neighborhood, can you go too far with your decorations? In a neighborhood, yeah, I mean, I think there's an understanding of some level of appropriateness, I guess. It depends on the neighborhood you live in, too, and, you know, I don't know. I think that if I, when I'm putting stuff, I'm putting decorations up, I'm going to be cognizant of how my neighbors might feel about them, but that's just me. Right, so this cat who, who lives in, uh, um, uh, let me see if it says here uh new orleans it just says new orleans so this cat this cat new orleans has had these deck these halloween decorations up since september okay so, uh and and the the main the focus of the halloween decorations is a is an arms outstretched jesus christ who's been decapitated and and satan is holding his decapitated head okay and clearly for obvious reasons this guy is getting a little bit of flack from neighbors um they've the police has been contacted many times this guy also has is puts a lot of other stuff in his yard too like he puts a lot of anti-biden stuff in his yard and so this guy's like hey listen it's halloween yada yada leave me alone it's all in good fun um god bless everybody is what he says so how do you feel about again you like horror movies as much as anybody i've ever known in my lifetime so this is like your wheelhouse right here halloween decorations that is your wheelhouse like what are I, what are your thoughts on this like i'm really like i know i kind of primed it by can, the, the can you go too far question but this specific thing like how do you feel about this like a decapitated jesus christ with satan holding his head Well, I guess it's an extreme choice for <laughs> Halloween decorations that one might make. Um, I wouldn't do it myself, but I've noticed that in my travels around town here, I've noticed, and just in living, that society is evolving and changing. We're more casual now. You know, even when you watch the news, if you flip on like the news in the morning, it used to be the guys would have like a suit and tie on and now they just have like sweaters and sneakers on. I mean, the world has gotten more casual. Um, people have become more relaxed. Things that were shocking 40 years ago, like the band we're gonna talk about tonight, aren't really shocking today but there are still boundaries of good and bad taste we see people get quote unquote canceled in modern society for being offensive or taking things too far but there's always nuance and layers so am i answering your question no not at all i'm dancing around the edges but i will say this and we had a shared experience and this is either the fall and breakdown of western civilization or this is just entering into a new casual anything goes america but you and i have both in the akron ohio area seen the click commander uh yes we have seen <laughs> we have seen the click commander um scott go ahead man describe so the click commander so when I think of the decapitated Jesus, it reminds me of the click commander where <laughs> we're pushing the envelope of good taste. Yeah. 
There is a large black truck that travels around. A nice black, a very large yeah. black truck, like the type of black truck you would go with your dad to see run over other trucks in the mud. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like one of those. <laughs> totally. And on its windshield, in giant fluorescent green letters, it says in all caps, CLIT COMMANDER. Yeah. I took a picture of this vehicle. I saw it parked at a giant eagle. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Just couldn't believe the, uh, the sheer audacity of someone. So just as audacious as this gentleman in New Orleans with the decapitated Jesus in Ohio, our answer is the click commander. I don't know if the police have been sent to this man's home. He parks this thing. I'm assuming in a driveway in a neighborhood with children every day, <laughs> but I, am I answering your question? No, the world is a different place today. Um, do you think that guy, the click commander guy, do you, uh, com commander clit? Maybe we should call him that. Do you think he really thinks he's like the man, like, like the clit? Do you think he is the commander of the clit? I can't think. Or, or is he just trying to just get under people's skin? I I have got to imagine that every single woman that's ever seen that is just deeply offended, and and I have to imagine this just is not something that goes well with the female of our species. I just cannot believe that this goes over well. So, does he? He must believe it. I mean, otherwise, why would you want to potentially piss off every potential life partner you could ever hope to have? I don't know. So 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 then do. Do guys like this cat, and we'll get to we'll get to merciful fate in a sec. But do guys like this cat, and guys like Hank Sherman, who go out of their way to present this type of stuff that they present, do they really do they really buy into this shit, or are they just trying to get under people's skin? Oh, I think there's a huge like component of just pushing the envelope and getting, a, I think that's, yeah, you want to piss people off. You just want yeah. to be contrarian. You want to make people mad. You want attention. You want to be, you know, the bad guy. You get to get a rise out of it, you know? So yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. All right. Well, so I guess what we're saying is maybe decapitated jesus is just a little too much right are we saying that or I, I am i mean i'm gonna say i have kids and you know i don't i mean i've i thought but, is, but, but isn't there halloween displays that depict dead people and decapitated people yes Do, are, don't those exist everywhere everywhere so this guy is is okay it's jesus christ okay <laughs> but how is that different than me taking my 15 year old son to go see fucking freddy krueger rip somebody's face off how is that how is that any different well i think i'm i want to raise my i'm not a religious person but i want to be tolerant of other people's religious perspectives so i think whenever you're openly kind of well, I don't this guy know. says, I mean, this guy doesn't claim to be a Satanist at all. No, I don't think so. Especially he obviously This person is just pushing the envelope he's with just pushing buttons. Yeah. Right. He's just pushing buttons. Well, push those buttons. You're in New Orleans. Hey man, maybe he and the click commander can go have a beer together. 
Uh, I suppose so. Hey, um, so <laughs> I saw uh, enough about that. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, so uh, I have another one here. So somebody, this article was by Joe David, uh, Joe Davida. So Zach Zach Wild, um, we all know who that is. He is now touring with Pantera. Um, was asked or commented on the first ever heavy riff. Um, bef- and you read this, so you already know um, what it is. But I want to get your your view on before, like if you didn't know what he said, if you thought of the very first heavy riff ever, which one would come to your brain? I mean, there's a couple, Rico, but I'm not I'm not good with years and I didn't take the time to research it. But just to answer your question more directly yeah. than I did your question about the decapitated Jesus, I would say you really got me comes to mind. Um, Helter Skelter comes to mind. I don't know the years here, but, um, you know, and of course, the Zach Wild one. Do you want me to say what it is or do you want to? Uh, no, no, I'm going to sing it if that's OK. Oh, yeah. Ready? Absolutely. So that's what, yeah, that's the riff from Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. He says that's the first heavy riff. I thought that was pretty interesting coming from that cat. I mean, you know, he could have been a homer and have gone for something from Sabbath, I suppose. Um, which I probably wouldn't have faulted him if he would have, you know, I wouldn't have faulted him for that. Um, but, but I thought that was kind of odd. He picked that one. Don't you think it's a great riff? It's an early riff. What about like, isn't satisfaction from the Rolling Stones earlier than sunshine? And that's got the big fuzzy, uh, tone to it too. Yeah, it's I didn't think of that one. You know? I didn't think of that one. That, that, that you could certainly say that one. So I don't um, know, man. There's a few, right? Yeah, I was thinking like, uh, um, you really got me, or um, Iron Man were the two that that I probably <clears throat> would say. But certainly, I mean, hey, listen, Sunshine of My Love, fucking classic. It's legendary. That riff is legendary. Okay, I wouldn't have said it was the first heavy riff though, but. Hey, it's Zach Wild. Who's gonna argue with him, right? I ain't argue. You know what, dude? Major bummer, man. <laughs> I saw yesterday that Zach Sabbath. So, for those who are not in the know, Zach Wild has a side band with uh, Joey Castillo, who played drums in Queens of the Stone Age and Danzig. And I don't remember who plays bass in the band, but they're called Zach Sabbath, and they played nothing but Black Sabbath songs from the Ozzy era. And they're coming to Cleveland at the House of Blues. And the House of Blues in Cleveland is a great venue, in my opinion, to see a show. The sound in there is really good, and there's no bad seats. But, dude, guess what day they're coming? Mm. New Year's Eve, December 31st. What? I was ready to buy tickets, and I saw that, and I thought, there's no way I'm getting out of family stuff on New Year's Eve to go see Zach Sabbath. I mean, yeah, there's no way you're getting out of that. You sure? You sure you can't get out of it? I ain't getting out of it. It'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. The Blacks, the Zach Sabbath will go over like a Led Zeppelin because my <laughs> wife will be like, so you would rather go see 
a Sabbath cover band than be with your family on New Year's Eve. And we always do stuff where we get together with this other family and all of our kids are friends and it's a whole thing. We've been doing it for like five, six straight years now. Think of it this way, like your, your girls in, in the, during the course of their whole life would not miss one New Year's Eve, especially oh. in their, they probably could care less, couldn't care less. I know, but I know that. I agree. My wife would never forget it. Yeah, you're probably right on that one. But damn, yeah, they they cool. wouldn't care. She would 30 years from now remind me of, oh, it's New Year's Eve. Sure, you don't want to go see a concert and be away from your family? Yeah, but think of it this way. New Year's Eve, watching that band, and then before we go to see that band, we go two doors down. What's this? What's we? Listen, what's, because what's, you because, just hooked yourself up. Now I see why you're, the angle you're working here. Because we'd go to before the show, we'd go two doors down and have Mabel's barbecue before we go see that band on New Year's Eve. So isn't that a win? Like, would you sacrifice one New Year's Eve for that? And, and it's not a one New Year's Eve sacrifice. It is the rest <laughs> of my life. You would you would pay for that ticket for it the rest of your days. Would not be worth it. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick break, and so is Scott, and he's gonna recover from the thought of having to deal with the ramifications of going to see that show, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Scott Pioneer, one of the pioneers of black metal, dude. They invented corpse paint, so we'll be right back. Looking for a good rock and roll book. Do you watch a ton of rock and roll documentaries like I do? Well, that's why I started the Rock Talk Studio podcast. To be the place to go for previews, reviews, and recommendations of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. Every first Tuesday of the month, the Rock Talk Studio gets you caught up on all the latest and points out where to go for the good stuff. Give me 20 minutes and I'll get you caught up on the world of rock and roll books, docs, and movies from every possible angle and leave you with a no-doubt decision on where to spend your time and money fan or just casual fan, or maybe you're on the fence and just looking for something new to check out. Either way, I got you covered. Recently on the show, I've talked about books and documentaries from everyone and everything from David Bowie, Randy Rhodes and the Allman Brothers, to the Abbey Road Studios, Cheap Trick, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Little Richard, and more. Join me, Big Rick, every Tuesday of the month as I host the Rock Talk Studio podcast, the ultimate review of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of Mad Jack to witness their long past the sell-by-date asses on stage 
and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. Alrighty. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Um, don't forget, if you are like remotely at all entertained by what you're hearing, just just go grab some people and make them listen to us. They'll buy into it eventually. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, Nuns Have No Fun, Scott, by Merciful Fate. Um, it was first released in 82 on the on their EP, and then I believe they re-released it in 1987 off the album called The Beginning. That's what I listened to it on. Um, this is a four-minute song about uh, some things we'll, we'll get into. But um, yeah, dude, I mean, let's just keep that short and simple. It's Merciful Fate. Nuns have no fun. But did it kill Rock, Scott? I don't know. Let's find out. Really, Rico, there's only one way to find out, and that is to use the official proprietary rock and roll autopsy scientific method of learning whether or not it killed rock and roll. Anyway, (laughs) Rico, you know, I remember last year it was Halloween time. It's spooky season now. It's like, what, October 5th, 6th, whatever it is. Correct, though. And, uh... I had this brilliant idea as your podcast partner and soundboard to do a Halloween themed month. And I picked all the songs I put in like Frankenberry commercials. I I went out of my way to make it spooky. And, and what happened was it was the most epic fail month of podcasting ever. I don't know if like the songs I picked were just too obscure if people just don't like spooky season the way I do, but week after week, I just had my heart and soul crushed as I watched our songs and our episodes underperform in the analytics. And I thought to myself, what have I done? Did I kill our podcast? I don't know. I liked it. Thank you. I'm not doing that this year. But I did kind of do that again this year. But yeah, instead of doing baby. it, but instead of doing it for four weeks, we'll just do it one week. We'll do it yeah. early in October. Whee! It's a little obscure. And then they have the other three weeks to recover from it, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and to decide if they still want to listen to our show or not. Um, so oh, it's man. it's a little obscure. It's a little, it's definitely a song that qualifies for the subject matter of this podcast. The song, as you mentioned, nuns have no fun by a highly influential, influential, influential band, merciful fate. But the question is, did it kill rock and roll Rico, this proprietary science, these five categories we've developed. I got to tell you, man, you sometimes see this disclaimer when you're watching TV, when like, if you're watching, I don't know, America's got talent and someone's got a bow and arrow and they're going to shoot like 
arrows at a woman standing against a wall with an apple on her head. And Simon Cowell will look into the camera and say, kids, don't try this at home, right? right. Well, I'm going to look in the camera right now and say, rock and roll autopsy, kids, don't try this at home. Rico, should children try this at home? No, because like that cat in New Orleans who put the like decapitated Jesus in his front yard, like he thought that it was going to be a good idea. Ultimately, it's a bad look. And now he's a pariah in his own neighborhood. So if you try to do what we do, you're just going to be a pariah in your own neighborhood. You don't want that, man. So just let us do the dirty work and be friends with your neighbors. It makes life a lot easier. Beautifully put. And if you listen to this podcast without earbuds in your cubicle at work and they hear repeated click commander, see you next Tuesday references, <laughs> decapitated Jesus, your colleagues and coworkers are going to peek over the edge of your cubicle wall and look down at you and wonder what kind of creepazoid they are employed with. Correct. <laughs> so please wear earbuds when listening to rock and roll autopsy. N NSFW, right. okay? <laughs> NSFW. <laughs> Definitely. All right, let's get this started. We have five categories. They are gratuitous boomerism, excessive misogyny, wanton whiteness malignant machismo and culture vulturism the song is nuns have no fun the band merciful fate gratuitous boomerism rico how do you score gratuitous boomerism um here's the thing you know there's there's uh you know one might say you know with you know bands like kiss and, you know, like other other bands in the 70s who wore makeup, like fucking David Bowie did the Ziggy Stardust thing. And and um, um, what's his face from Genesis? Uh, Peter Gabriel, he had yeah. some kind of really odd makeup when he was with Genesis. And then, you know, Kiss came around and they did the face makeup. And then these guys came around and did corpse paint for like that black metal and shit and so you would think that that was just the 70s thing but dude it is more prevalent now than it was back then everybody's doing it it's like a thing again like sleep token and fucking slipknot still doing it and batushka the band that scares the shit out of me and all these other you know there's many mud vein like i'm sure i'm missing another oh ghost is another big one so from that perspective no not boomerism Let's let and the whole shocking, you know, Satanism occult thing. Do that same stuff as being. There's bands that are doing it today. Um, so I, I and so you would think that that would be kind of a you know a late straggle like this kind of a thing. You know, this era of indeed the, the start of black metal might have to do with you know, the occult Aleister Crowley thing that everybody started to do in the late 60s coming off of, you know, the the, the flower children era and that kind of thing, you know, the occult and 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 uh, that was real big back then. So you would think that would be kind of like an era thing too, but no, it's going on today too still. So Scott, I have to give this a zero for booming there. Wow. Thank I can't you. I can't believe I'm saying that. Well, thank you for that because you uh, framed it in a way that I hadn't um, I hadn't thought of. Let me bounce a few things off of what you said. Yeah. There. For one, uh, the face paint. Um, Gene Simmons 
thought and very publicly stated that he thought that King Diamond, uh, well, first Merciful Fate, and then he went solo as King Diamond, that King Diamond had violated his intellectual property with that face paint. And Gene Simmons very seriously considered a legal action against Merciful Fate and King Diamond for that. You can make an argument that, you know, Alice Cooper started it and then kiss and to your point you can mention peter gabriel there's been a long history of this but i think gene felt like king diamond's interpretation was too close to what kiss does but what's funny to your point is corpse paint is the hallmark of black metal now all of these guys wear some kind of white paint with black you know markings over top of it that that looks so it's kind of the genre now i wonder if had gene when it went it forward with that lawsuit if he would have stifled that entire kind of genre from even taking root um i bet actually so you talk about the occult and you go all the way back to the you are 100 correct it's really fascinating to we associate the satanism in rock thing with like ozzy osborne early ozzy some parts of black sabbath certainly and then later more aggressively with bands like slayer but and merciful fate but to your point we've seen this the whole time um david bowie was way into alistair crowley um fucking jimmy page bought alistair crowley's castle right on the bank of the loch ness because he wanted to be with he wanted to be in that occult atmosphere there's a long lineage of this of course helter skelter you know the whole rosemary's baby thing in the late 60s um, satanism became kind of in vogue i mean fucking sammy davis jr was a satanist for a little while so mm -hmm. i mean a long history of this in rock so and it has to your point again i i had not considered this i'm just basically repeating what you said at this point you make the point it continues today we're still seeing it with newer bands not old bands like merciful fate still doing their old shtick but we're seeing it with new bands abracing abracing boy i can't talk tonight embracing occult rock you know ghost probably being the most successful of them so you make great points. I'm going to go ahead and I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to represent kind of like, I'm going to even it out a little bit. And I'm going to score this a full one for the members of the band being boomers. And I kind of do how to put it. I don't, I'd like to get on to the next category. I don't want to rant too long, but this band is super influential, but especially very this right very influential this song though comes from the ep and they sound super raw at this point in their career it's really we'll, undercooked we'll get into that because i definitely have some comments about that it's really undercooked it's definitely an ep it's a definitely a first four song shot at a band getting started so it's absolutely it's raw um but man, I do feel like this is this is a genre that I don't want to say is dead because it's because black metal doesn't sound like this, you know, even mm -hmm. though it influenced it. Nobody's doing the King Diamond falsetto thing in black metal, you know, no, it, no, no, no. This approach that they're taking is super dated to me to the time. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to score it a full one and level level it out there. Split right. it I like it. All right, let's move on. That was a rant. I'm sorry. Well, I ranted and then you ranted. So we both ranted. Let's move on.
nuns have no fun merciful fate category two excessive misogyny and if you've got those earbuds in dear listener i have the lyrics available and i'd be happy to read them i I want I want to hear them, but everybody make sure and put your earbuds in first. Yep. Earn that explicit rating on the old podcast here. That's right, baby. All right. Upon a cross, a nun will be hanged. She will be raped by an evil man. Knock spikes through her hands. Things won't come. She won't understand. You're a nun. You haven't had no fun. Your life as a virgin queen. I'm going to change it and get it done. He's like the click commander. Tomorrow, (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow, you won't be a virgin queen. C U N T. That's what you are. You're C U N T. Yeah. I get it up. I get it up in the dark. I make her feel I'm not a holy man. Faster breathing. She's like a shark. She wants more. I'm going to give her my cross. Are we, are we, should I read more of this? No, I think, I think we're good. <laughs> so excessive misogyny. Nuns have no fun. I beg to differ, Scott. Um, Whoopi Goldberg had a lot of fun when she, played oh. a, when she played a nun in that movie. So Hi-oh. I don't know if that's true. Um, and they seem to have a lot of fun when they're fucking laying the hammer down on the on those on their students with those rulers. They seem to be enjoying that too. Um, no, and also, come on. Um, I, I think this is a solid one. Um, from I, I, dare I uh, speak for you uh, and say that we're probably both going to give this a one. I'm definitely giving it a one. Um, calling a nun a see you next Tuesday. Um, wow, dude, that's uh um pretty pretty out there so i don't want to get gosh i got so much to say and i'm trying to trying to contain it in this category but yeah solid one excessive misogyny pretty obvious go ahead yeah i'm going to give it a solid one as well i i can only think of one other song in the history of rock that has a c-u-n-t in it and that would be anarchy in the uk by the sex pistols yeah um Otherwise, it's one of those. We have a lot of foul words in in rock and roll, but the see you next Tuesday is not one that that <laughs> yet it makes an appearance here. Um, it's a solid. It's a solid one. I'm not really sure what to do with this lyrically in terms of a discussion, but let's yeah. move on. Category yep. three: wanton whiteness. Nuns have no fun. Merciful fucking fate. Rico, what say you? Um late 70s early 80s metal with the exception of one band um the band there's a a late 70s uh thrash metal band called death if you've heard of them and they were all black people they don't get enough credit for how good they really were and um they weren't dark metal they weren't a dark band at all that's not about them but there's only been one band in this era who's not been super cracker white. Okay. These guys are from the Netherlands. It's, it's white metal. It's about the occult and Satanism, which is really a freaking white thing. uh, Generally speaking, Um, (laughs) unless you're Sammy Davis jr. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I knew that he was a Satanist for a while. Um, I don't really understand that um, where he was coming from there, but fine, you know, whatever. Um, He was a good dancer. Um, But this is super duper white, dude. This is going to get a big solid one for me for for uh, wanton whiteness. 
yeah it's it's a solid one as well and um the band you're talking about death there's a documentary on that it's, band called and it's it's great by the way it the the documentary is called a band called death and i think they did that because there's another band called death that is a death metal band that came out in the 80s this is the i think they were michigan michiganders right and uh, i believe so yes the producer of that podcast is none other than scott mosier from uh view us uh, the view askew universe fame with kevin smith the co-host of smodcast very right. good documentary good band cool stuff you can listen to their record on uh, on youtube as well yep. so good it's pull. great by the way it is good good pull there um yeah wanton whiteness this whole um this whole black metal thing it's interesting because it's all a scandinavian thing and these are like yeah. i've never been to any of these scandinavian countries but it's my understanding that these are aggressively white countries pretty much um and this this music is really um it it really it comes from there it's taken root there these extreme black metal bands have really flourished in that area that in florida really really weird but um but yeah, it's this is white ass music. I I don't know. It's so funny because I'm trying to think of a way to frame talking about merciful fate. Maybe I'll try it again when we get to culture vulturism. But I'm gonna leave this right here. I'm just gonna say, uh, white ass fucking music. I I I don't know how else to put it. Just the singing, yeah. the the music, the whole thing. Uh, I agree. I think when we get to culture vulturism is where the bulk of our conversation is gonna take place, anyways. Well, let's move on. Malignant. Yeah. So I'm going to score wanton whiteness a one as well. Let's move on. Malignant machismo. Nuns have no fun. Rico, how do you score? I mean, this is a super aggressive, um, super like it's it's merciful fate. Like they 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 uh, they bathe in in malignance and evilness and stuff like that. And this is a very it's a very uh, very malignant machismo song dude this is a, obviously a full one for malignant machismo i mean talking about you know f fucking a nun and calling her a see you next tuesday and all that other jazz i mean and he only he only throws that falsetto in one time in the song so it's not quite as silly and we'll get to that uh but uh yeah for sure a, a big old fat one for me yeah it's it's a gigantic one this is a this is a rapey song so i mean it's like <laughs> it's when totally a song <laughs> is aggressively rapey and I, there's no like subtext to this you can't be like oh well there's metaphor to see you next tuesday he's clearly talking about global warming this is this is a <laughs> this is just a rapey ass song that i think they're doing just to get attention on an ep when a band is just coming out and they're just trying to ruffle feathers they did not with this track but a track on their debut album they did make the filthy 15 for the pmrc for into the coven off of their debut record melissa congratulations so, to them for that so congrats for uh pissing off uh the the washington wives so i'm going to score that a gigantic one as well yep. our final category rico culture of vulturism for nuns have no fun um so I remember when I, okay, so um, I had never listened to any Merciful Fate before we were going to do this song. Obviously, that is no big surprise to you. But um, when I first was listening to this band, 
By the way, um, I, I'm going to give them a big fat one for culture vulturism, and I'll explain why in a minute. But um, so when I first listened to this particular song, Scott, this song, and, and you had mentioned it that it was on an EP and it's super raw. This song is terrible. Um, it's it's it's. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know what the other songs on the EP sound like because I didn't I listened to this song on their 1987 the beginning album well hold on let me pause you for a second so so you did listen to the EP then because the four tracks that are on the EP were just re-released on that in the beginning album and then they rounded out the record with like some b-side stuff and a couple you know a couple rare cuts so so um so his, culture vulturism first of all um he in in his bio on on um wikipedia he says that one of his influences was ace freely and he plays like a sloppy ace freely which can imagine what i just said he is a sloppy ace freely think about that for a minute and <laughs> um who's this hank sherman the guitar player there's two yeah he, players, one right? one, so, one of his influences listed as ace freely and in this song oh, yeah, there, i see that okay yeah, yep. in in his solo he sounds like a sloppy ace freely so i feel like he's just cop it's one thing to be influenced by somebody but he is sounds like he's flat out copying now musically this particular song reminds me of if you take like really and and you might disagree with me on this one if you take like musically like if black sabbath and judas priest had a baby it would be this song yeah i Music- think that's that's good musically I- right and vocally he, he sounds like joey ramone and glenn danzig had a baby um is what he sounds like so <laughs> there's there's i can i can t- now when i listen to i listen to melissa um, which actually was pretty good. The entire album was really good. Um, so Melissa was good, and some of the other songs on on the beginnings beginnings or the beginning, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, whatever. Some of the other songs on that album are are good, but and I so I I totally understand why they're influential because of the time period. This is a you know doing this kind of music in this way with these lyrics in 1981 is super shocking and it's super underground and it's super against the grain and so i totally understand why they would be so influential but there is absolutely no originality in any of their music it's it sounds like they've just taken bits and pieces from all of the bands that influenced them and just kind of piece parted them together to make their own music so i don't hear any originality in anything that they're doing at all so they get a big fat one for me out of this wow oh well put together Uh, let's let's think about some things here for a second um i i actually think that's a really um a, a really well thought out uh, way of putting it. Um, the Judas Priest Sabbath thing, I can definitely hear that, even in the tones on the EP. Merciful Fate, this EP came out in 1982. And so this is a band that um, huge influence on the thrash movement, the American thrash. This is a band from Scandinavia. Who else came from Scandinavia, came mm. to the States in 1982 mm. as a high schooler, and, and pursuing they, a tennis mm, career who brought mm, over a stack of records from Europe 
I wonder. Lars Ulrich. Oh, so, that's right. Lars, so, another it, from Denmark, just like King Diamond. So is it no big surprise that they would be heavily influenced by this band because they're from the same fucking country? So all these bands, Metallica, Slayer, Testament, Exodus, the whole the whole all the thrash bands super influenced by them then all of the black metal and death metal bands like morbid angel and fucking bathory and venom and death and obituary cannibal corpse they were all influenced by them i can remember i never listened to merciful fate when i was young because i was aware of them but i heard king diamond in his solo stuff and I thought his voice, and I'm a guy who famously likes bad singers. I thought his voice was so off-putting to me. I'm like, I'm never touching this band. The music is fine, but I cannot stand his singing. And so I just stayed away. Well, maybe about, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago, I was like, all right, I'm digging in my past. I'm like, this is a super influential band. It was when Metallica put out their Garage Inc. and they did the Merciful Fate medley on it, where they covered a bunch of songs off of Melissa on their Garage Inc. album, their covers album. And I was like, that's a fucking killer. It's like 12 minutes long. All the riffs are badass. I'm like, I'm going to go back and listen to this Melissa record and finally give Merciful Fate the chance I never gave them when I was a teenager. I'm like, I'm going to give them a chance. And so I dug in, I got past the vocal and I was like, you know what? This is good. I do like this. And I can remember being in the mall shopping for Christmas one year and I had headphones on and I was listening to Merciful Fate while everybody else is listening to Christmas music. And I was listening to Melissa and I was like shopping for family. I got an armful <laughs> of Christmas presents and I'm walking around listening. I'm like in my own world while everyone else is in the holiday spirit. I'm listening to fucking Melissa, but I'm listening to into the coven, but, um, <laughs> that's but, hilarious so i think it's important though to remember that they this is at 1980 so this predates kill them all okay so and in 82 what's going on in metal you've got like priest is putting out like priest has sold out they're putting out sellout records past british steel like point of entry and all that the new wave of British heavy metal has come and gone. Iron Maiden is the biggest metal band in the world at this time. You know, um, Ozzy, uh, Randy Rhodes has died. Ozzy's wonder he doesn't put out Bark at the Moon yet. So, you know, Dio has left Black Sabbath. So metal is like in a weird place, right? And then this band comes along with a different, little bit of a different sound. And what, what I think the thrash bands really picked up on is that Merciful Fate they don't sit on a riff very long. It's like you get a riff for like two bars or four bars and it's on to the next riff. And then they never come back to that riff again. So they'll blow through like 14 riffs in one five minute song, you know, <laughs> whereas most bands build a song around one or two riffs, you know? And then when you listen to kill them all, you hear Metallica and they're blowing through 14 riffs in one four minute song. And you're like, that's where it comes from. And it's now it makes sense. Hey, now it makes sense. So, I'm actually going to go the other direction and I'm going to, we'll split the difference like we did gratuitous boomerism. I'm going to split the difference and give them a zero for culture vulturism because I'm going to say they were influential in the way they stacked riffs. And I'm going to say that the vocals were so out of this world weird that that was just nobody's King Diamond. So, so uh, answer me this question so i know you don't know hank sherman and that's not his real name but i know you don't know wait him. a minute well hold on hank sherman is the guitar player and king diamond's real name is kim something he's the yeah. singer 
the vocalist. I'm talking that's, about the vocal. That's King Diamond. Okay, His name's so, Kim. So let me ask you this. Uh, my bad for getting that wrong. That's so okay. how did he think, like, like, in what world is it a good idea to turn into Barry fucking Gibb when you're trying, when you're, <laughs> when you're singing metal, like, how is that? A, and, and he's off key. Like a lot of the, like he is an, off Oh key, yeah. He's an off key metal version of Barry fucking Gibb from the Bee Gees. How is that a good idea, dude? Because what it does is in my opinion, like the 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 message the the shocking message that he's trying to convey and musically that fucking falsetto shit just makes it sound like i was laughing through a lot of melissa and it just sounds silly like yeah oh the, yeah it just sounds silly i can't i have trouble taking it seriously when i hear that garbage it's just awful can i can i try to explain it though yeah yeah you're listening to it with 2023 middle-aged man ears this is 1982 and super high singing was in vogue you had male singers that hit high ass notes the robert plant effect and it would get worse in the 80s where you would have yeah. the hair metal thing and all these Good dudes singing point. paul stanley throughout the entire 80s singing high 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 well, so that's a good point. Good what point. does Merciful Fate do? Merciful Fate's entire modus operandi is to go to extremes. <laughs> so he takes the operatic falsetto thing that's in vogue at that time, and he pushes it to the extreme and does it more outrageous. If Judas Priest riffs are in vogue, they push it to the extreme and put 20 of them in one song. If occult and offensive lyrics are the thing of the day they take it to the extreme and put see you next tuesday in a song so merciful fate is pushing this is the whole theme of this episode apparently they're the they're the beheaded decapitated jesus band they're pushing the envelope of everything has to be extreme they're doing nothing with modesty everything is is on 11 and i guess that's my problem with this with this particular band um even even though i liked melissa i mean musically it was good Voc vocally i i just i i had trouble getting past it vocally totally but get that but I, they these guys are the push the envelope guys especially in this time period but but i guess what makes it silly to me is that it just feels forced. You know what I mean? It feels like they're trying too hard. If that makes sense, it doesn't, it's not genuine to where they're pushing the envelope and it doesn't feel fake. You know what I mean? It feels totally forced and silly to me. And that's why I have a lot of trouble taking these guys seriously. Oh, it's very hard to take seriously. They've got, they merciful fate broke up and got back together like half a dozen times throughout their career and at one point they put out a dvd like in the 90s and king diamond is like reading like poetry or something in it and he's trying to be scary and it just comes off as so fucking corny <laughs> and it's right, a type of thing rico right. that only a 14 year old boy would not see well maybe today's 14 year old boys would because they're more clued into this shit but it's yep. only the type of thing that a 14 year old boy from like the 80s would see and be like oh that's badass you know what i mean like you have to be 
like once you've lived a little bit and got a few years under your belt, you can only ever look at that and think it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there's no other way to take it. Anyway, so I gave that a zero. You gave it a one. I've got yep. a let's tally this up and end this right in autopsy for probably one of our more explicit episodes. And we're the people who we've we've done a number of them. We did fucking Steel Panther for Christ's sake. Um True. I've got a one, two, I've got four, Rico. What have you got, sir? I got also have four points for a grand total of eight points. The science works every time. It this always song, does. This song killed rock, dude. It did. It's song. Sorry. <laughs> You can, you can tell, you can tell, you can totally tell that it's like, uh, like early on in their career. It's like you said earlier, it's super rough. The solo's rough. The, 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 the vocals are a bad Glenn Danzig and Johnny, Johnny Ramone combo. It's, there's a lot of, there's a lot wrong with this song and it destroyed rock and roll. It killed it, man. And I'd throw some, uh, well, who'd you say? Barry Gibb and uh, and even some Rob Halford in there. You can definitely hear some of that influence. There's another baby. If Rob Halford and Barry Gibb had a baby, it would be King Diamond. <laughs> yeah. When we were teenagers, I, I, they, King Diamond had a solo record called Abigail, and we would always sing the chorus because it was so silly. Was like, <laughs> he'd go from that really deep, like scary voice, yeah, that- he'd, go, he'd go, Abigail, and then he'd go, like he'd sing <laughs> like that's the chorus and he would like and, and he would like Awful. you know vacillate between the two voices a scary God. you know his scary vincent price and then his falsetto rob halford Abigail. all right so, so I, I i tried super hard but the song this song is bad well when you texted me in the middle of the week and said this band sucks i just started laughing so hard <laughs> I started laughing and I didn't want to even get into it with you because I did not want to have the podcast over a text thread. So I just let it hang. <laughs> but in secretly, I'm like, man, gosh, you I couldn't help myself. Like I tried super hard to save it for the episode, but it was it was <laughs> I, I could I couldn't help it. I had to let I had to blow some steam off and and that carried me till till we did this. So. All right. Well, happy <laughs> Halloween, listeners. I promise I won't punish you anymore with any more bullshit songs the rest of the month um rico it's been rock and roll autopsy thanks buddy thank you all right good night now let me have that special rock and roll music yeah Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. To the door, love it to the morning. I'm gone. I'm gone. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email 
to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Before you go, if you like heavy metal and stories, then you'll love Battle of the Bands, the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season 1 took in Megadeth versus Metallica, and Season 2 went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like Business Wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts, or visit battleofthebandspod.com.